is Richard Cameron. The date is October 30th, uh, 2016. It's a little after 11 p.m. As I was setting up to record, I realized this might be the first time I've formally sat down to record in any way at home. Since December of 2014. I, I mean, formally record with, like, a microphone and this uh, multi-channel recording device, though. I mean, I'm only using one channel right now. Um, yeah, there have been a couple little one-off moments doing things totally internally in my computer. Um, a couple. But this is the, yeah, this is the first time since the end of 2014 that I've set up outboard equipment to record in private. Ricky asked me to do, I guess, an episode of story time with Richard, um, as I've started referring to this process um, for the next lateral edition. At first I wasn't sure if it made any sense, because this is something that generally only happens sort of semi-spontaneously in the middle of generally more collaborative improvised contexts. I don't think I've ever, it's hard to say never, but I don't think I've ever really employed it solo except as maybe an intro to a set, talking about some nonsense of the day or a problem with my gear. Or it's also strange to do it without an audience. It feels much more like a diary exercise notes to self. I mean, for that reason, I, I had considered various ways of approaching this, and one of them was actually to record as voice memos on my phone over the course of several days, various locations, various points in time, cataloging 
a series of experiences as little quiet comments to myself, reminders, memories, that could then be collated as this piece. That didn't really happen. Um, so here I am, alone, with a microphone, speaking to you from Sunday, October 30th. I can't see a clock, but it's still probably just a little bit after 11 p.m. I guess since it isn't something I've formally written about, spoken about, documented anywhere, I might as well talk about the history of this practice, which I guess most clearly traces back to an origin at Listen Space. Um, during a performance by Mateen. Uh, I don't know how to uh, Contextualize this. Well, it was it was Mateen and Brian Eubanks. I guess it was two thousand nine, and Mateen was grabbing various people out of the audience to participate in their performance in various ways, playing the piano holding speakers and moving them around. And then he asked me to step up to the microphone to speak on a particular topic, which was some recent internet drama about an album, I think it was, yeah, by, by Miguel Prado and Julian Skrobeck called The American Nightmare. Um, I don't think I've ever been able to bear to listen back to the recording since maybe the first time I listened after it was posted. I think it's still online on Mateen's web label if it still exists. Maybe it's all been put on archive.org instead by now. I don't know. Um, it's definitely still on the internet. But, yeah, I wasn't expecting to have to address an audience about this blip of turmoil, but I did. 
And I think that began this comfort with addressing the audience to talk about the things on my mind so casually during performance. I mean, it's, it's evolved, it takes on various forms. I, I've played sets recently where the, the breaks to talk wound their way through, I mean, problems with my equipment, discussing the issues at hand in that moment, discussing the history of my collaboration with whoever I was playing with, sharing inside jokes with members of the audience. And generally just talking about my life, whether it's talking about the totally mundane nonsense of the day in question, or deeper issues that I'm struggling with, personally, artistically, what have you. I had hoped by starting by talking about this history of what I'm doing right now, it would organically lead me somewhere. I'm not completely sure it has. probably should have run some kind of mic check recording test before I started this. Um, I really hope you can hear the FDR drive behind me. There's something about the sound of the highway, the cars rushing past from this seventh floor vantage point, 
I mean, yeah, it's got that, like, windy car whooshing sound, and you hear them bouncing over, like, segmentation in the road, and, and there's the occasional honk, but... It has this quality to it. It makes me think of water. It sounds like waves. The bumps in the road like... I don't know, like a sail flapping in the wind. If you really want to exercise your imagination, maybe the car honks or seagulls. But I can just sink into it like I can sitting at the ocean. Clear my head. I, uh, I went to see the Agnes Martin exhibit at the Guggenheim today. They have this really nice career retrospective of her work up. I mean, there, w there were a couple... Well, I, I bring this up. Because there were a couple of themes running through the exhibit. Um, and, and I don't mean in terms of necessarily formal aesthetic themes, of which there obviously were as well, but And actually, I guess I could talk about those two in relation to the highway. 
but where I'm intending on going, where I thought I was intending on going, was was one of them. And it was this idea that, and I'm not really sure how active it was in idea for her in much of her career, but at least toward the end, was the importance of emptying your mind as an artist. Of creating art from this place of total openness to inspiration. To these little postage stamp size inspirations that you then had to, that she then had to scale and create in the right color, and that came from emptying her mind, that she could spend a day thinking about nothing, that she could look into her head actively focused to see nothing. I mean, it also got a little more heavy-handed than that with a statement on her part that art that comes out of analytical thinking isn't real art, but forgetting about that, I still couldn't, I wasn't sure if I could relate. Because I feel like what I do, and even when it has nothing to do with talking, even when it's purely about sound, is entirely the product of all the everything that I can't stop going through my head. And not necessarily that I'm thinking theoretically about high concept for what my work is about and how it's shaped and what it represents, but just that there's always so much going through my head. Life, work, the fact that I haven't sat down to record like this at home in almost two years.
I wondered what it would do to my work. If I could practice meditating. If I could clear my head. And create from a place of emptiness. Or of empty-mindedness. I feel like I also spend a lot of time when I perform thinking about time. I get more preoccupied with the pace of sounds and the spacing in linear time sometimes than I do with the sounds themselves. And you can't empty your mind when you're counting, I don't think. I did a lot of that at the exhibit today too, counting. measuring the symmetry of line patterns in her works. I would keep seeing pieces that seemed somehow just slightly off-kilter that there was an imbalance that created this illusion of movement, that things wouldn't stay still for me. So I would start eyeballing measurements and counting lines and Finding, sometimes finding the small idiosyncrasies that created this tension and just as often not, I would realize there was a much cleaner form in place than my eyes wanted me to believe.
I feel like that says more about me than it does about the art. I'm not sure what it says. 